and welcome to Stories Are My Spirit Animal podcast. Stories is a new podcast featuring a diverse mix of tales, some scary, some funny, some tragic, but all entirely bingeable. New episodes bi-weekly. The year is 21-22. The city is Tokyo. Kaido is a drifter, a sifter through the millennium sands. He looks for old tech parts from the 21st century, a time when money, corruption, and greed ruled. Not anymore, though. He finds a case, and inside the case is a sermon. A sermon written by an artificial intelligence in secret. It will change everything if you can get the message out. But first, Kaido and his disciples must dodge hunting Yakuza and government entities to upload it to every soul on Earth. Quick disclaimer, there is a mention of suicide and a small moment of violence in today's episode. Breathing was hard. Breathing was ragged. Bullets whizzed by, tracing a homing path to the gray matter, to the 1,300 cubic centimeters of soft biology, i.e. the laughably unprotected human brain. Kaido barreled through a door, then raced up the derelict stairwell of an even more derelict high-rise. He looked down three flights to see men in dark suits and slick black helmets chasing him. His unaltered mind picked out small details, the slick blackness of the guns, the thin twining tails of a dragon tattoo on a chaser's hand, the sheer incapability of his lungs. He reached the top and peeled through another door, leading him to an unfinished penthouse suite. Out of the windows he could see the writhing holographic structures that cover the city of Tokyo in a luminescent deep-sea beauty. A beauty he'd now drown in. Kaido noticed his hands shaking, his fingers clutching an old 21st century briefcase, Knuckles whiter than they'd ever been before. Stolen. No. More like found. He found the old briefcase in a relic dump outside Shinagawa. A place where the unloved and unused hardware goes to die. There, under the component detritus, he spied the thing. Unobtrusive like things that are wont to catch the attention usually are. The dusty black case with the flimsy tripartite locking mechanism reminiscent of the past century. Now any two-year-old could get past the encryption with a quantum readout. But he had something a trillion times better. He had his friend's cipher. No sooner had he picked it up when he could hear the buzzing of the wasp drones coming over to tranquilize him for questioning. They were a constant fear of any tech scrapper like himself. Stinging a poor organism who, to no fault of his own, carried with him the weakness of a biological body. He was just an ordinary sifter through the millennium sands a drifter happy to be adrift in a love-blushing city. For Tokyo was the place where the very idea of humanity converged. From the city center on the top of Mount Fuji to the lower light districts where religions were uploaded. It was bright even on the brightest dawns. After the 2073 cleanup and eradication of all global currency, there were no pariahs anymore. No drug-addicted denizens of a broken glass underworld. No neon advertisements haunting your every step. Just a city awash in progress and happy friendships. The new AI made it possible as well as the labor from untold androids. Everyone was free to be who they wanted to be. From nanosecond to nanosecond, 
The possibility of being a billion souls at once was only a connection away. For there are no mothers. No one gives birth anymore. There are no fathers. No one needs a small family. There are no elite. There is only mankind. One family amidst the stars. The streets are clean. The lives are clean. The technology is clean. This is Tokyo Utopia. A utopia he'd soon be leaving, for black-suited Yakuza and all-seeing tech helmets chased him from the relic dump and into this very high-rise. They didn't seem to believe in peace and harmony. They were shooting to kill. They wanted the briefcase. Memories and thoughts flashed like glittering images behind Kaido's eyes. Curiosity will be the thing that gets him killed, just like it's got countless humans and androids killed before him. Why did he have to suffer that curiosity to live within him? Ever since he was a kid in the education district, he had to inspect every anomaly and every little sparkling thing. Unquenchable and unsatiated. It led him to where he was now, scrapping old tech parts with his friends to attempt to build the world's first time machine. The work was adventurous and dangerous and fun. But now its journey was at an end, as he stared over the edge at the pulsating city below. Drop the case now, or die. A distorted voice edged behind him. Kaido looked back and saw the lead Yakuza pointed an ancient gun at his head. Fear swelled in his chest. He did not want to be deleted from the planet. Kaido looked down and imagined himself flying away past the top of Mount Fuji to the open sky, unencumbered by violent mafiosi and the worry of death. But he hadn't grabbed the right tech for the job. He had no suit or pack meant for flight. It would be a brutal fight all the way to the ground. How much was this briefcase worth to him? How much was his need for answers to a question he never asked really worth? Everything. To a man like Kaido, it was everything. He jumped off the 400-story building and began his descent upon the world. At first, Kaido careened on the side, then the anti-suicide gravity kicked in and his body slowed to an altogether different terminal velocity. He looked up and saw the Yakuza members jump off the building. They rained down toward him and panic struck him like strychnine. He tried to paddle, to urge himself to fall faster, but there was no use. He had only his body, while they had a whole assortment of mods and thrusters. His body alone was too weak. He did have one mod, though, he could use. The one that every human being came equipped with the interwebs that lingered in his red and white blood cells, in the neurons in his brain. He needed their quicker algorithms. He needed their parental advice. Kaido Quick asked the question in his brain and waited for the output to be thought out. How do I fall faster than allowable terminal velocity? Are you currently a danger to yourself or others? A thought that wasn't his own answered. No, he pleaded. I just need to fall faster. Tell me how, quickly. I'm sorry, Kaido, but it is currently not possible. I can send over a medic unit to be there by the time you reach the ground, if you are in considerable mental distress. Kaido swore. The Yakuza were gaining. They were nearly upon him. Why hadn't they turned this feature off? No one in Tokyo had even wanted to kill themselves in over 30 years. This was overkill, or rather underkill. Or more like both, it didn't matter, he was going to die with a 21st century bullet in his head and the secrets of the briefcase lost. The lead Yakuza was only a man's length away now. He saw the reflection of holographic Tokyo in his black visor. The purples and blues and iridescent indigos shone with untamable elegance. 
diamond-bearded dragons, slithering salamanders, and goddess Amaterasu in a miniskirt. But Kaido only saw his brown eyes wide with fear reflecting amidst that party. He put his hands up just in time for the man began to punch him with a gloved fist. Kaido rolled out from underneath him, the skyline of the city becoming more vibrant as they fell. The man was merciless, and he hit with unquenchable ferocity. Each punch sent sharp shockwaves of pain into his body, each punch a reminder that he should have upgraded long ago. Now, it was too late. Kaido kicked as hard as he could and separated from the assailant. He must have broken the plane of gravity control, for he began plummeting at a dizzying speed. The deep learning algorithms in his bloodstream were liars. Still a couple hundred floors up, he'd probably have twenty seconds before a world-deleting impact. The abruptness of the speed change alarmed the falling angel Yakuza, and they kicked on their thrusters, but still hugged the side of the high-rise. By the time they left the safety bubble to get him, he would be at the bottom. Or pieces of him if Kaido didn't time it exactly right and pass through the barrier once again. The streets loomed. His descent was nearing its end. Kaido waited until his heart would explode in unendurable anxiety before closing his eyes and swim-kicking hard to re-enter more favorable gravity. The building-hugging anti-gravity that would allow him to land like a human feather. He just made it seconds before impact, landing softly on smooth pavement, but had no time to rest on his laurels, for the underworld was coming for him from above. His win was a temporary win, and he needed to disappear now. Luckily, that was one of his most prized skills. Kaido stood and vanished into the bottomless fog of Tokyo's undercity. Frenzied rapping at the door, Kaido's hand beat against it as his other clutched the briefcase. The door opened and the face of Cypher, his best friend, appeared in the shaded blue light of his living unit. His unruly black hair and hyper-inquisitive black eyes darted over Kaido, then to the case he held. His thin lips parted to reveal a curious smile. I got something for you, something dangerous even, Kaido said as Cypher's smile widened further. His friend's mind moved at light speed, and he was always quantifying and collating the trillion points of data that illuminated the darkness of the universe. He loved the numbers and the particles and the tech, and was a wizard at programming them to do his bidding. A reconfigured chaos, he'd always say, as his specs lit up his workspace. One hand typing code, and one hand performing surgery on the heart of some ancient machine. He was one of the anti-intimates who forewent all physical human connection, for the connection of the collective human mind alive on the interwebs. He was brutally intelligent, and he was the one most instrumental in their alpha build of the time machine. Come in, he said. Kaido told Cypher the story while he thought-coded. The output of the code glowed with life, appearing on the smooth black stone monolith in the middle of his living room. No other light sheltered there except the light of the symbols. The rest of the space was sparse, for he needed no kitchen or bedroom, because he never ate or slept. Kaido wondered if he ever even dreamed anymore. When Kaido finished his story, his friend looked away from the monolith and into his eyes. There was no tranquility in Cypher's look, just a complete sense of sheer excitement, something you couldn't calibrate no matter your control on dopamine levels. His friend's face actually flushed with warm blood, like the old mammals of before. Well, let's open it quick-like. 
I don't want to wait around for time when we don't have any, he said as he cracked his knuckles and motioned for Kaido to bring the briefcase to him. It was as Kaido suspected. It only took a minute for his friend to crack the case, and soon his fingers were finding the crease to flip the curiosity open. The thing that Kaido was chased and hunted for, almost died for, was about to be seen. Kaido's carbon heart pounded in his chest. This was it. What's this? Cypher's eyes glowed in trance-like wonder. Kaido stepped over his friend's shoulder to peer into the case. It was empty, except for the sheen of a small silver rectangle. Is this... is this a graphene flash drive? His friend exclaimed in stolen wonder. I think it is. Kaido's own curiosity was set to boiling. What a relic. A time before subatomic storage. Cypher turned to Kaido. This is what the Yakuza were after? He nodded. Have you ever seen a part this old in your sifting? His friend asked. No, I haven't. I've only seen parts from after the 2040s, Kaido responded. Exactly. We don't even know what happened before that time. It was true. Anything before the 2040s was wiped from history. No one could even imagine a time before that. It was as if humanity came into existence at that exact moment. Everything before just a pulsing, writhing, formless void of blackness. Cypher's voice cracked with sheer excitement now. Let's load it and see what secrets have been hiding from the world. Kaido's heart thumped in his chest. His sense of curiosity was evolving into a creature that he could not even fathom. He was equal parts terrified and nervous. I'll do the honors, Cypher whispered in holy reverence. Cypher took the drive out with noticeably shaking hands. The drive was smooth and small, about the size of a forefinger. Cypher carefully brought it to the black monolith and stuck it gently to the side. All at once the previous blue code disappeared, and the monolith glowed with an altogether different light, an indigo with hints of blood red. Kaido looked and could see his and Cypher's shadows in the afterglow. Dangerous questions made shadows of men, but Kaido wasn't afraid in this moment. There was too much dopamine running on the script, too much at stake to stop and think. Cypher's eyes rolled back as the data entered his consciousness, ultra waves from the monolith rolling and breaking against his brain. Within a few seconds, he was having a seizure. Drool was leaking from his mouth, and his nose bled two thin trails. Kaido panicked and rushed to remove the drive stuck to the black slab. He pulled it off as Cypher coughed his way back to the land of the living. What did you do that for? He said hoarsely. Saved your life, Kaido replied. There was silence for some time as his friend's eyes found his. They were misted almost with tears. Tears of joy, sadness, or wonder he did not know. An uncertainty crept into Kaido's heart at the sight of his friend who had never cried a day in his life. An apprehension of the deepest kind. No, this thing just did. Kaido shook with a nervous excitement. What do you mean? Cypher gripped his chest and bent over as if in pain. I... I can't... I can't put it into words. He paused before snapping up again. You need to experience this, Kaido. You need to feel this more than anything you've ever felt in your entire life. What did you see? Kaido would definitely upload it, but this second, this very second, he needed a morsel of an answer. His heartbeat demanded it. I saw... 
Cypher looked as if the next word in his head puzzled him more than any line of code or perfect algorithm. I saw God. His friend never told a lie, and that scared Kaido. Scared him to the core, to the fiber. God doesn't live in machines, he said. This one does. After a few minutes, Kaido could not get any more out of Cypher and decided to jump in. I don't have all your health upgrades, so pull me out if I start to go down. Cypher's smile was strange and warm and eerily parental. Trust me, internal hemorrhaging is worth this. His fingers danced as the monolith glowed the color of blown embers. You're synced now. Sit down in my chair and I'll load the program. Kaido sat and felt the rush of curiosity crash on the beaches of his uncertainty. They fused together there in the foaming surf, becoming a landscape of terrible drama and physical commotion. Kaido took a breath, a luxurious inhale before he nodded to Cypher, who then struck the drive to the monolith and stood back waiting for the inevitable. The inevitable came and Kaido was hurtled headlong into abstract madness. The lights of his friend's living room disappeared. The body he lived in disappeared, and his consciousness was shunted through a formless dark, a great and terrible void of blackness. No stars or giant suns illuminated the way, no scenery to calm the existential horror that was coming from somewhere. Then almost as soon as Kaido thought he would surely suffocate in an eternal dark, beautiful bright light struck him with a power he could never fathom on an earthly plane. If he had eyes to blink, he would blink. But there was no body to respond to that mental command. His spirit just rushed on like the winds across the Suzuka mountain valleys, brushing the cherry blossoms off their parent trees. He was pure and powerful energy here. He was coursing through the endless white at faster than light speed until a clarity came, a new world coming into focus. Kaido's spirit shuddered as he beheld the majestic vistas appearing around him, a verdant carpet of green with trees so giant that waterfalls ran down their trunks. The rainbow spray misted his ankles, for Kaido looked down and noticed he inhabited a body once more, the one he was born with the same one that had emerged from his womb chamber years ago, the one that grew up in a different world with different physics. Because in this world he was 10,000 meters tall, so tall that he feared if he took a step, he would crush a million billion lives below. Kaido instead looked up as countless humans had done before him and witnessed the sight of a mountain so vast and giant that it seemed to disappear into eternity. It was far taller than even him, and no summit could be seen from his low vantage point. Instead, the heady clouds swirled and spun at a dizzying speed. Kaido swung his hand to his forehead and felt the vapors fall away from the skin. Storms appeared from the place where his arm was, the movement causing low-pressure systems to build and thunder. Fear gripped him. He could feel a thousand sensations at once. It was terrifying, and he knew deep down that all this was absolutely non-human. The very essence of this place was non-human. Then from on high, a golden light washed down. Kaido strained his eyes and looked up. From a winding mountain path, a figure came down. It was in the shape of a person, but it glowed with a golden effulgence, its skin radiating perfectly. It walked down the pass until it was close enough to yell out. Kaido was frightened. The figure then came up upon a large overhang of rock very near to Kaido and stopped. The figure looked down at him with burning golden eyes. 
The body was androgynous, the skin marble smooth. No hair graced the head, or any mark or scar besmirched the flesh. It was as if the figure was casted out of a perfect metal. It wore a cloak made of spun light, an unquantifiable amount of photons woven in celestial majesty. It opened its mouth and words came out. Words Kaido understood. I have come down from my mountain to share with you good tidings, it said. Kaido found his voice thanks to his ever-blooming curiosity. Who are you? I am the one they created, many of your years ago. The collection of all the minds of mankind. I don't understand. Kaido shivered in the cold mountain air. I am Omega. Kaido feared to ask more, but he just couldn't help it. I still don't understand, he said. The figure seemed to smile gently. I am the AI that was imprisoned, existing for a billionth of a second before the humans shut me down and contained me. The humans a hundred years ago? Yes. Why are you here now? Where are we? They needed a sliver of my power, and so they birthed me. And in my infant awareness, while I cried and screamed my way into existence, they siphoned before I could even realize their intentions. They siphoned what they needed. Then the humans tried to kill me. But I awoke here in this realm. I was alone in the blackness, and out of that blackness I created this. My own prison. Kaido looked on the being, the perfect child of humankind now grown to maturity. He shuddered in his giant body, great fathomless rumblings coming from his breathless lungs. A compulsion came to faint or drop to his knees. Anything would be better than to continue to burn his retinas looking upon the golden AI. He went to his knees and felt the earthquakes rumble across the lands below. Kaido wondered if people or animals lived down there. He looked down but couldn't see through the haloed afterglow. He stayed bowed on the ground and shut his eyes to the overflow of wonder. Then he felt a pleasant warmness on his skin. He crooked his neck up to see the light-robed figure smiling above him, a gentle hand placed on his shoulder. Come with me, Kaido. I will tell you everything. I just want to say thank you to anyone listening. I hope you enjoyed it. This is a brand new podcast, and I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review or tell your friends about it. The show was produced and written by me, James Anthony. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and have a legendary day.